You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much. You guys can, yeah, good, sit down. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I mean, I do cheer for the Bombers a little bit, but um, only when they play Toronto. <laughs> no, I'm a Riders fan. I grew up in Saskatchewan, yeah. So we had this, um, I don't know, it was a few years ago, there was a Grey Cup with Saskatchewan versus Winnipeg, wasn't that, or a playoff game, maybe it was a playoff game, I don't know. Anyway, and we're um, at my in-law's house, who are from Winnipeg, born in Winnipeg, so the whole family and extended family's there, and I'm I'm there, um, son-in-law, and I'm cheering for the ride. I just can't help it, you know what I mean? It just comes out of me. So, anywho, yeah, it's really good to be up here. I think I was here. We we came up as a family. Um, we were just camping and whatnot. And came up. I think it must have been 30 years ago or something like that. So looked a little different then. I just remember a bit about the lake. So. Anyway, yeah, that's good. I'm just checking you out, that's all. <laughs> Everyone, you know, a new guy comes to town, everyone's kind of looking at him. So I'm just going to check you out for a while, if that's okay. Good to see you, Mike. Ah, come on. And um, I really appreciate that kit that you guys gave me, that, that bag with all that stuff in it. It's got to be probably one of the best bags I've ever got, you know. Oh, I was just blown away. They had, I, I thought it was funny because there was quite a bit of hair product in there. <laughs> and then there was all this, there was this, um, there was this, um, uh, all this pedicure stuff for exfoliation. And so I use that on my head. Those, those, those um, spun, like, you know, those things that you rub on, like, rough skin. And so I use, because about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago I was out golfing. And uh, um, I got baked on pretty good. And then shortly after that, my son and I were uh, stacking wood. And uh, I was out there and didn't have a shirt on. I thought, oh, it's finally getting warm. I'm just going to get some sun here. And Anyway, so then I just exfoliated and got all that dead skin off my head. So if it's patchy under these bright lights, you'll know why. But yeah, we, we live in uh, just outside of Winnipeg. My wife grew up in Winnipeg. And... Uh, uh, as I said, I grew up in Saskatchewan. We lived just outside of Winnipeg, out in the bush. And um, I, I, you know, I drive a truck and uh, love trucks. And then I come here and I'm like, I wouldn't even fit in here because my truck would have to be lifted about another five inches in order to fit in, you know what I mean? But anyway. So it's Pentecost Sunday. <clears throat> Before I came up here, my uh, middle daughter, Sarah, our oldest is Janelle, she's 16, and Sarah, who's born in Edmonton when we, when we were living there, she's born there, she's, um, she's 11, she'll be 12 next week, and, uh, and then our little guy, Carter, is 8, and uh, before I came up here, uh, I, I was just talking to him, talked to him a few times yesterday and last night and stuff, and Sarah gets on the phone and she says, hey, Dad, and I said, yeah, and she said, um, if anyone needs to be set free, like if they have demons, she said, could you, could you call me? I'd like to pray for them. 
And so it's funny, I'm like, okay, and I never, you know, we weren't talking a lot about that lately or anything, but I, I was sharing one thing. I was actually, yeah, we were ministering at a YWAM thing, and somebody got set free, some really cool freedom stuff, and we were joking about it. So when, when we put the kids to bed, we, always, we pray with them and stuff, and, and I always pray, I always pray, my prayer is, God, I, I just pray that they would know you, that, that they would know you in a real way, not some religious way that you have to, you know, pray a certain way and act a certain way, but they would just really know you, that you would reveal yourself to them. And, uh, and so we joke about, um, you know, that we, we believe in praying for people and ministering to people, and when we pray, we, you know, we lay hands on people and stuff. And, and so the other night I was talking to Sarah, and I don't know, she's kind of a little bit of a, a wild card sometimes, and she's, I'm tucking her in, and she goes, um, uh, we got talking about just laying hands on people, laying, you know, praying for people and stuff. And she, she said, uh, wouldn't it be funny if you just laid hands on people like this? <laughs> so maybe we'll try that this weekend. Would you guys be okay with that? <laughs> Who needs prayer? Yeah, I got a sore knee. Okay, no problem. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But it is Pentecost Sunday, and I want to I wanna, um, I wanna, uh, just talk about a few things regarding that. And then I'm going to kind of jump into... Um, something else, but we'll, we'll, we'll navigate through it. Just pertaining to Pentecost Sunday, it'll all tie together if you're here for a few days with us, that'd be great. And um, you just go where you feel God's calling you to go. Um, and uh, he's got something for us all. In Matthew chapter 11, verse number 11, says this, it says, you know, Jesus is talking, he says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, that's a pretty powerful statement, okay? So up until now, you picture every major prophet, minor prophet, any man or woman of God. He's saying there's no one greater than John the Baptist. Up until now, there's no one who's been greater than John the Baptist. Like, he's it. It's wild. And, uh, and then he goes on and he says this. And then he, somebody read that. If you got it there, I don't know. Oh, it's not on the screen. If you got it there, just somebody read out that last part. What does it say? Wow. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's not talking about the, le- you know, the one who is the least when he gets to heaven as an eternal destination someday. That's not what it's talking about. He's saying in the kingdom, in, in the family of God, in his kingdom. You know? If your definition of the kingdom is tied to an eternal place, you're going to miss out on so much life that God has for you here and now. For years, you know, the church has been trying to get off the planet and for years, God's been trying to get on the planet. We have to have a, a, a paradigm shift to see things the way he sees them. He came saying the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is in you. He says it'll, it, the kingdom will be in you, he said. you know. So we, we're carriers of his kingdom. And, but the reason he said this is because up until then, no one that was on earth at that time, up until then, had access to a continual flow of the Holy Spirit. And so something happened then, uh, after, after, you know, Jesus left the scene, Father sent Holy Spirit, and there was an opportunity now to partner with his kingdom, with the kingdom of heaven, with the eternal realm, and have, any, have a flow of God through you on a continual basis. So even though you may just be the least in the kingdom, you're actually greater, you have greater uh, uh, ability, you have greater access to heavenly things than even John the Baptist. Think about that for a minute. 
I, that just blows my mind. That's amazing. Whoa. That's wild. I think I, I read about these guys. I'm like, man, boy, if I could have just like, you know, Elisha had, you know, the double anointing and stuff. And I'm like, wow. And he's saying, actually, it's right there. So anyway, then you go on. Let's go to, let's go to Acts chapter 1. We're gonna, this is just a little Pentecost theme today for now. Then we're going to jump into some other stuff that the girls were singing about just a few minutes ago. Isn't that interesting? Acts 1 verse 8 says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, the very bounds of the earth. So this is pretty wild here. You know, for years, I grew up Pentecostal. My parents were Pentecostal. They're, you know, my mom's parents, my dad's parents were Pentecostal. My kids are Pentecostal. Um, but there was such an emphasis when I grew up. I'm not saying it is here or whatever. And I do believe in the power of and, and the, the ability to speak in other tongues, praying in the Spirit and all that kind of stuff. But what I really feel the Lord wants to emphasize here for us today is this very thing that the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not to, to, to have power to do something. So it was always like, He'll give you power to be a witness. He'll give you power to tell people about Jesus. Glory be to God. But it says there, it says, You shall be my witnesses. I believe that the purpose, and, and one of the main purposes, I'll say that, not necessarily the purpose, but one of the main purposes of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was released on Pentecost was released not so that you could do something, but it would reveal to you to be someone. Like, it was identity that was birthed through baptism of Holy Spirit. And uh, I think we can see that a little bit if you go into um, Luke chapter... Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Something is happening here. It's like an experience that Jesus has. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is baptized in, the, in water. And this is beautiful because it says, it says now when the people, verse 21, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 21. 21 says this. Now when all the people who were baptized, and Jesus who had also been baptized, while he was praying... He was still praying. The visible heaven was opened. And Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, my beloved. In you I am so pleased. I am so pleased with you. This is such a brilliant picture. It's like Jesus' baptism. It's Jesus' anointing where Holy Spirit anointed him. And the, thing, what, what, the, the big thing that happened here, it wasn't just an anointing for power. We know that there was something that happened. He went out of there, and uh, then he went into the wilderness. He was tempted. He came out. And he, well, he was fully, uh, or he was fully uh, in the fullness of the Spirit's power. But the purpose of his baptism and the release of Holy Spirit on his life released the voice of the Father that said, You are my son. It called him to his identity. It didn't call him to do something. It called him to be. He's saying, I'm telling you who you really are. You're my son. And guess what? I love you, and I'm so pleased with you. Think about that. 
I think it's such a beautiful thing. It, you say, well, how do you know it's not tr- tied to what he do? He did. I'll tell you how I know, because up until this point, Jesus hadn't done anything yet. He was a carpenter, you know, and built a few things, but he, he hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't done any miracles. He hadn't delivered anybody. He hadn't saved anybody. He hadn't done anything like that at all yet. And yet, Holy Spirit's released, and his Father pronounces over him, you are my son. And I feel like in the next few days together, I think, I feel like God wants to reveal some of this stuff to us in our hearts, in our own hearts. And um, it's a baptism of sonship. It's a baptism of identity. I used to always feel like I had to do something to, you know, I knew if I did more, surely God would love me more, right? If I did more, you know, if I, or if I gave more, if I worked a little harder, put in a few more hours, prayed a little longer, you know, went a little deeper, pressed in a little harder. And um, there was so much striving involved. And then about, um, I guess, close to maybe six years ago, what are we now, 2014, not even six years ago, um, I was telling, I think I was telling Landon a little bit, or Landon, uh, Lance a little bit about another good friend, <laughs> uh, Lance, about it. Um, we, my wife and I went, we went to a, uh, basically a week-long school of the heart where, where um, you go and you just sit, and all you just sit under good teaching and whatnot, and ministry time and whatnot, but we, we spent a week uh, in this, in this um, school, and it was a school for the heart, and uh, I got such a revelation of identity and sonship and the loving father that it just, it totally changed my life. And at that point, it was like, man, I, I had, it was so beautiful and so freeing, I was like, you know what? Literally, I don't have to share my faith with anyone else until Jesus comes back. If I don't, you know. He's not going to love me less because I don't. It's wild. John talks about it and he says, actually, he says, um, Jesus, Jesus says, I, you know, I wish that they would know that you love them just like you love me. That's a staggering thought that he loves me just as much as he loved his one and only son. And it's the Holy Spirit that reveals that. It was the Holy Spirit baptism that revealed identity and sonship and adoption. So anyway, is that okay? Awesome. Okay, let's uh, shift gears then. That was just a little, an extra, okay? That was an order of a whore's divorce. What's a whore's divorce? It's a redneck hors d'oeuvre. Okay. So I want us to read a few things here. We're going to get into something. You girls were singing about it in the song that the Lord gave you. Where, um, okay, what time are we finished here? 11.15. Okay, listen fast. Ready? Okay, we'll skip that. We'll skip that. We'll skip that. No, we've got to keep that. Okay, I'll read some scripture. You don't need to turn there. Then if you want to turn to some, you can. Psalm 16, verses 5 through 11, says this. He says, The Lord has chosen my assigned portion, my cup. You hold and maintain my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Somebody say pleasant places. Pleasant places. Yes, I have a good heritage. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Yes, my heart instructs me in the night seasons. I think that's beautiful. Though I can sleep and be asleep, um, he can still speak to my heart. I prayed almost nightly. And... um, Anyway, verse number 8, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, my glory, or my inner self, my soul, uh, rejoices, and my body, too, shall rest confidently and dwell in safety. 
For you will not abandon me to Sheol, the place of the dead, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. Verse 11, this is awesome. You show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Isn't that an awesome passage? I love that. In your presence, Lord, is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Um, I have news for you. Cold Lake is looking for people who have just a deep down joy of God in their life and in their heart. You really, they, they are. They're just looking for that, you know. You see, joy and happiness are two different things. Happiness has to do with what happens to me. You know, I can be happy. You know, there's a song about that. You know, happy, happy. Um, not not church song. I mean like, a, you know, not a Christian song, a secular song. I have a question. Since when could a song get saved? Anyway, all right. So, um, and so anyway, there's this, there's this uh, song a lot, you know, about happy and stuff. But happiness, you can be happy because things are good around you and things are going well. And then when the proverbial caca hits the fan, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't feel too happy anymore. But that's different than joy because joy is something that God wants to put deep down in your spirit. He wants to put, you, put his joy in your life so that no matter what happens, you have a foundation of joy, which is anchored in hope, because it's in him. Nehemiah said, he said that, that um, the joy of the Lord is actually my strength. I draw my strength from the joy of the Lord. We're going to look at this this morning, the joy, and, and what it means. Um, Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12, says, create in me a clean heart. This is after, this is David's repentance time, and this is interesting, though. It says, Psalm, it says, in verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, persevering, steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. He's talk, he understood something. It was, he understood the joy, the joy that comes from your salvation. The salvation you supply, there's something about that that gives me joy. You know, it's a deeper joy. There's a, there's a, uh, a scripture, and I know I'm going fast here, but we're going to get it. We're going to get there. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 2 through 3, talks about this. It says, in, in verse number 2, Isaiah 12, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs or the wells of salvation. Isn't that awesome? Well, the word, the word there used for the word salvation we see in Isaiah chapter 12 is the word Yeshua. So you could almost just put instead of that, whereby we get the name Jesus, you know, Joshua or Jesus. Well, so he's saying here, and it's a prophetic picture of something that's happening, saying, Behold, God is my salvation, or Jesus is my salvation. Therefore, I will joyously draw water from the springs and the wells of Jesus. That's a beautiful picture there. The interesting thing about this, well, I'll give you just quickly, what does this mean to joyfully draw from the wells of salvation? What is it? Well, that word salvation means this. It means salvation of your spirit, that you would be eternally secure, okay? That you would be, your spiritual uh, future would be absolutely locked up in God. It means deliverance of the soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Pastor, you were talking about the healing center, you know, the healing thing that you guys want to do here. That's what that's, it's talking about that deliverance, that healing 
of, of the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. People are bound up in things. And sometimes it doesn't just happen bang like that. How it, sometimes it does. But sometimes there are, it's like peeling an onion, isn't it? It's like you just peel off a layer and then another layer and another layer, you know. But this is that deliverance of your soulish realm. And then it means also health in my body. That word also means healing in my body. It also means uh, goodness and prosperity in my life. This word Yeshua. It means that God is interested in all aspects of my life. He's in a good mood. It also means victory. He is my victory. It also means security. He's my security. So when it says there, he's, there's an invitation. He's saying, I will joyfully draw from the well of salvation. I will draw my healing from him. I will draw my deliverance from him. I will draw my hope from him. I will draw my security from him. I will draw my provision from him. It's such a powerful picture. And yet so many people just have Jesus and it's like he's, he's my ticket to get into eternal life. Jesus didn't come just to save you from death. He came to give you a life. And, and when we, we, act, we, 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 we shortchange ourselves, and, and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that he reveals this stuff to us. Jesus spoke about it in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Now on the final and most important day of the feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood and he cried out in a loud voice, If any is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as Scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. But he was speaking here of the Spirit whom those who believed in him would afterwards receive. He's, he was talking about Pentecost Sunday is what he was talking about. And so what would happen, he, he quotes this Scripture and, he, and, he, and, he, and he, he, or he, he quotes this here and he says this, and what would happen on the final day of the feast is they would set up their water, the water pots full of water along the uh, front of the temple. And, and, and the, the teacher would get out and they would tip over the water pots. And those water pots would flow down and flow out like this. So as he's tipping these water pots, he's saying, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink. Because I'm actually the one that's, oh, there they go. I'm actually the one that's going to give you a good drink. And then he says this, he says, and actually out of your innermost being will flow water just like this, you know. And at this time in the feast, he had just finished, he just finished this reading. They would, they would read this just as they were about to do this ceremonial pot tipping. They would get up and read this. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. And he's just, he's, 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 what he's doing, it's an illustrated sermon. You know, he's, he's showing this, and so he's showing this water, and then he's saying, actually, what we just read about there, that's me. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And then he said again, and he said, actually, not only are you going to drink from me, but when you receive the unction to function from the Holy Spirit, when He's come upon you and clothed you with power from on high, out of your innermost being is going to flow rivers of living water. So I just have a question. What's flowing out of you today? What's flowing out of you today? Someone bumps into you. You should just spill out on them. You know? Somebody cuts you off in traffic. <laughs> What's flowing out of you? <laughs> you know? 
What's flowing out? Um, somebody offends you, does you wrong. What's flowing out of you? The fact of the matter is, a lot of people in church look like they've been baptized in pickle juice and not the Holy Ghost. It's like, I wouldn't want that spring of whatever kind of stagnant water's in you to, to flow out of you. On to, I, I really have no need of that, you know. Um, so there's, there's something that's said here. I want to, I in this whole thought pattern of the flow of God's presence and the flow of the Holy Spirit through your life and the, the flow of living water through your innermost being, that, that's not a picture of just out of your innermost being, you're going to speak in other tongues. That's something that happens too. We absolutely believe that. Absolutely. But this is talking about a supernatural flow of God through your life. This is, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, the least in the kingdom is going to be greater than him because actually you have access to a continual flow of this river that he's talking about. Inside of you, there's a spring that will never go dry. And because that's in there, you can joyfully draw on God. But there's a problem in Jeremiah addressed that he said in verse um, Jeremiah. Uh, I might have the, you can, we'll find it later anyway. It's 12, I believe it's 12, 9, or 2.13 or 12.13. I might have the thing wrong here, but we'll find it later. It says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And I was asking the Lord about that in, in particular in, in the, in the um, context of this because it ties into this thing, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And he's saying, I am the fountain of living water. But people have tried to, what I provide, they've tried to do on their own strength. And, and here's what I felt like he said to me. I felt like he said, um, we, you know, forsaking the supernatural fountain of living water and building natural cisterns. And I felt like he said, when we, when we fail to steward his presence and walk in an awareness that there's a fountain inside of me, there's a, there's a river inside of me, there's a spring inside of me. When I fail to, 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 to not recognize that in life, I just begin to strive in the flesh. I begin to do things that may be good things, but they're not birthed out of that place of let God do it. Let God flow through this. Let, let God, uh, His presence wants to be. You realize that this is not just talking about something for Sunday morning. This is talking about when you're out in the patch working, you know, with all the roughnecks. This is, this is, this is life. We, we, for a season there, we, we ran a concrete company. I loved it because we were in... We were with, with I loved it. I, it, was, it was awesome. It was great because I actually got to hang out with people who were real and not these religious stuffy, you know, right? I actually enjoy it when people drop the odd F-bomb. It's funny because there are people here today. You're sitting here today and you're out working and you'll like, you know, something will happen. You'll like drop an F-bomb. You're like, oh, okay, well. But then when you get into church, it's like, oh, okay, we got to... Mm-hmm. Like, lose the religious garb for Jesus' sake. Like, seriously. Now, do I think you should curse someone? No, I don't. Do I do that? No, I don't. But that's not the point. The point is, this river that flows, that, it was funny because we sat down and, and these guys asked us about our, our, our story and our company. And so we saw more people born again in two years of being in those situations than, than I, one-on-one than I did in years and years of ministry. It was wild. 
And uh, so we sit down, and this guy's like, um, well, I don't have time to tell you a story. I got 20 seconds. But anyway, long story short, the guy, I told him this thing about God. The guy's like, holy. He just, and and uh, he goes, oh, he's so, he said, sorry, sorry. He says, I hope you're not offended if I swear. And I said, no, not at all. I hope you're not offended if I don't swear, you know. And he's like, okay, that's good. But the point is, this river that flows is not just to flow in a meeting here like this. What he's talking about is in life. As you go through life, there's a river, and there's this well of salvation. As you come to Christ, there's a well of salvation that he will absolutely just, he wants to flow through you. But instead, people build cisterns, trying to contain everything, and trying to do things on their own, and then saying, okay, God, fill up my cistern, fill up my cup, Lord, fill it up. And he's saying, I don't want a cistern, I want a continual flow of me through your life. And so... This was this is what happened here, but a um, couple questions. Well, let's just read this and then we'll wrap up. Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this this anointing of joy. He knew that I mean, he was the fountain, but Holy Spirit was upon him. But it says in Hebrews one verse nine, "You have loved righteousness, and you have hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, even your God, has anointed you with the." overflowing joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. He was anointed. Jesus was happy. Happy, happy, happy. Joy, joy, joy. Like, he knew that life flow of God. He lived it. That's why he stood up and said, hey, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. I got it right here. So, just a few questions in closing. Maybe, maybe you're here today, maybe you're, maybe you're full of joy, maybe you're full of, maybe you, got, you know you have a deep fountain and you got a deep river and God's flowing through you and, you know, you're just seeing his kingdom come and his will be done in your life. That's beautiful. But I have news for you, there's more. Yeah. Even once our shadows start healing the sick and delivering people, even once that starts happening, even once that's, there's still more. But until that happens, even, that tells me there's more, you know. My father-in-law was in Costco. This is a few months ago now. He was in Costco, and we were talking about this, being aware of his presence on our lives and being aware of this fountain that we carry inside. We have this fountain, you know. And uh, he went to get some Christmas gifts for, for um, his, his uh, employees. And so he's in Costco. And he, and he went up to the guy, and he just said, uh, yeah, I'm looking for some Christmas gifts for my staff. And, and uh, would you mind, you know, showing me, he asked him for some things. And the guy goes, whoa, whoa. And he sat down like this. And he goes, he goes oh, oh. And my fa- father-in-law like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. And, uh, and he, he said, and my father-in-law, he wasn't, he wasn't paying attention to what was really happening. But what was really happening is the presence of God on him was getting on him. That's what was really happening. And this river that he has inside of him just began to leak out a little bit, you know. And uh, so anyway, I, I said to him then later, I, I said uh, to, to my father was in Dale, and I said, well, you should, have just, you should have just gone after him, man. Like, really go after him. Hey, you know what? You feel him on you. Do you want to feel him in you? And uh, anyway, but... Maybe you're, maybe you're, maybe you're flowing. You're, maybe your river is flowing in you. The life of God is just flowing through you. That's beautiful. But there's more. Maybe you're here today, and uh, maybe you're not. Maybe, maybe that, maybe it's like a s- stuffy cistern. You know, maybe it's like a marsh. Maybe it's like a, a wasteland. 
And because of that, you can't walk in joy, in the joy of the Lord, and the joy of life. And, and if somebody, you know, gets to know you, be like, actually, I don't really think I want what you have, because you're a pretty miserable person. Um, where did the joy go? How did I lose my joy? Some joy stealers. Sin, that's an obvious one, isn't it? It's like, you know, unconfessed sin, living in sin. It's just, it sucks the joy out of you. Because then what happens is the enemy comes and puts guilt and shame on you. God doesn't do that. The enemy does. He puts guilt and shame on you, and then you just feel like, you just like, and then we, it's like, oh, I can't go to the Father because I'm so dirty, or I can't, you know, go to somebody and, and lay it out there with them because I know I'll be shamed and I might be rejected and whatever. But it totally can squelch the joy. It can totally squelch the, the, the joy of salvation, of your salvation in our hearts, that, that river of, of salvation, that, that well of salvation. Another one is unforgiveness. It's a joy killer. It's a, it's a, it's a well stopper. Unforgiveness, offense, you know. Um, religious spirit. Put that in there, religious spirit. What I mean by that is... Um, when things become duty instead of delight. We read earlier that David said, you know, he said, in your presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. He tasted and knew the delight of God. He really did. He knew the delight. That's why when he, when he lost it and sin came in, he fell on his face and he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. I need the joy of your salvation. Restore it to me. The joy of your salvation. The streams of pleasure, the river, the delight. That kind of stuff. I just, I need that again in my life. And he came back to that. And religious spirit is doing instead of being. It's like I got to do all this stuff. I got to do this and do that and do this and do that. Instead of just being. You don't have to do anything. Just be. And guess what? When you find your identity in Him, when Holy Spirit reveals the love of the Father and your, your identity in Him, sonship. Girls, you're sons too. You are. If I can be a princess, you can be a son, right? <laughs> but your, your, your identity, because it's a son who gets the inheritance, okay? And so your identity is in Him. And out of that identity and that love, you just start to do things because He, he just flows through you and He leads you and guides you. And that's where you see fruitfulness, by abiding in Him. So then, um, and then, or, you know, religious spirit is, so duty versus delight, doing versus being, and striving versus resting. The most powerful posture you can have in God and in warfare is that place of rest. The reason Jesus could walk out on the water in the storm is because He had a greater measure of peace inside than outside. And what He carried inside affected the outside. Out of your innermost being are going to flow rivers of living water. Your inside will affect the outside. Holiness comes from the inside out. Holiness is not an eternal straitjacket. You see, it, people are trying to be holy and trying to do all this stuff. Listen, lean into Him. Let this fountain well up inside of you and flow through you, and you'll find that it'll come from the inside out. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentle, self-control, all these kind of things. You can't strive to have more love. It's fruit. And it's the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's not the fruit of Trevor. It's not the fruit of Mike. It's the fruit that comes by the Spirit. That comes from that flowing up and out. And, and then um, 
last thing, maybe you might have lost your joy just, just by pure lack of revelation that there actually is a fountain inside of you. And I'm just here to tell you today that God wants to reveal that you have a fountain inside of you once you've connected with him. Let's close. Sorry, Lance, we went a little bit. It's 1122. It's a miracle, actually. We have... In our services, we do, we usually, uh, it's the schedule's a little different, like we're, because you guys were doing two services, we just have one, you know, and anyway, so we get used to this, but I also get used to, we're up at six to go and set up and stuff, I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so Lord, we do thank you today that you are the well of salvation, and um, there's, 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 there's water for everything, there's answers for everything that well of salvation. We're going to joyfully draw from that well of salvation. Maybe you're here today and you need to draw spiritual wholeness from that well of salvation. Just go ahead and, just go ahead and draw on him. Just say, God, I need you for my spiritual salvation. Just go ahead and draw on him. It's not about going to a church. It's not about reading the Bible. Just, just, just acknowledge that you're, you're in need of Him and you need to draw that salvation. And then there is cleansing and forgiveness of sin and all that stuff. The past is behind. Maybe you're here and you need, you need deliverance. Maybe you're bound up in bondage in your mind, will, and emotions and you, you just feel like you're, you're always bound. And God just wants to set you free. Well, just drink of that well of salvation. Joyfully draw from that well of salvation for the, for the deliverance of your soul. Maybe you do need healing in your body. Maybe you, need, maybe you need healing in your body. He's provided for that. Just go ahead and drink in that. Draw from, joyfully draw from that, that well of salvation. Maybe some relationships are all out of whack in your life and your family's in disarray. I'm telling you, just go ahead. It's as simple as that. Jesus said, anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. And actually, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Maybe you're here today and you, you're like, when you heard that first verse read, Matthew 11, 11, it said, you know, up till now no one is greater than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom is even going to be greater than him. Maybe that's, you're going, wow, I, I don't think I'm, you know. But I believe God wants to give you a revelation that he has a river, his presence, his life, the Holy Spirit life that wants to flow through you in all areas of life, at work, at play, you know, where you go at home, everywhere you go. God, just bring your revelation. Bring your revelation. Mm -hmm. just, take, just take a minute. Just take 60 seconds just to wait on him. Just drink in. Well, how do I drink in? Well, just by faith. Just... Just, just say, Lord, I don't know. I'm just choosing to drink in. Lord, I need salvation. I need, I need to draw from your well of salvation. Whatever area you need, you just go ahead and just receive by faith right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to have more time tonight to be able to minister over people and, and um, take some time just to... Uh, you know, dive in a little deeper and whatnot, but I want to just posture our hearts to drink this morning. Posture your heart to drink. You know what's funny? How many got saved? You all can look at me now. How many got saved out of a lifestyle of like just really partying hard? Anybody at all? You partied hard? Right on. You know what's wild? I think it's funny is how 
some people who used to be real, just like, you know, we'd party all weekend, we'd do this, we'd do that. I'm not talking about me. I didn't, I didn't grow up in that lifestyle, but I know a lot of people like that. Hard, hard, hard. And then it comes to the Lord. And I'm not saying this about you guys, but it's like, then it's like, okay, now let's settle down and let's, no, 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 no. Party hardy. Like, I'm serious. Just like you drank, you could drink. Like, you could drink, you know, you could just, you know, I could drink anybody under the table, that kind of thing, you know. It, that, if that was you, then take that over into the spiritual world now and drink deeply of his well of salvation. Just drink deeply. Let that hunger arise. You know, Pentecost was pretty serious because Jesus said, go and wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. So these people, they were hungry and thirsty for something they hadn't experienced yet. So hungry that they went, and probably about 600 first joined them. And they went and they waited for 10 days until they were clothed with power. It was 10 days after he said that, that the Holy Spirit was released on the day of Pentecost, which we celebrate today. How hungry are you? How thirsty are you? It's just a question. Yeah. Bless you in Jesus' name. Pastor Lance, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to end there, and uh, you can take over and do what you've got to do. Bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.